Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tony Castronovo, who is the founder and managing partner of Novo Multifamily Group and the founder of Grit to Growth. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome, man. Good to hear. Love to have you on the show, and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. All right, we're going to start with the fun questions. I like it. Well, a little bit about myself. So I'm Tony Castronovo. I am based in Houston, Texas. Uh, I've been here for, I guess, about 26 years now. Uh, I started my professional life as a management consultant, uh, working kind of in the mid-90s for a little company called Accenture. Uh, over the years, I worked for a variety of, of smaller consulting companies and some bigger ones. Uh, I, I ended my career I'm mostly working for Ernst & Young. Uh, I was with them for collectively about uh, 11 years, I guess. Uh, but I also has have always been an entrepreneur. So back in 2014, I started my first business focused on uh, buy and hold real estate in the single family space. Uh, in 2018, I decided to venture off into multifamily real estate investments. Uh, and I I purchased my first one on my own and then quickly learned about something called syndication, which got me into almost 900 units to this point, working with a variety of partners, taking on different roles from asset management to capital raising, investor relations, construction management, and and so forth. Uh, You mentioned Grit to Growth. That's my coaching company. It's It's a new company that I launched this year, and that's really focused on empowering entrepreneurs to live an intentional life by design. Uh, It's something that I'm very passionate about, something I've kind of lived on my own, being in that corporate world for so long and trying to to kind of set myself free to be an entrepreneur and all the things that come with that along the journey. So that's a little bit about me. For fun, uh, I am an avid runner. You probably see a few of the, the medals in the background here. Uh, I've run 25 marathons to date. Um, a uh, veteran of the Houston Marathon, which I've run 18 times. Uh, so that's a little bit of fun. Uh, and then I also like to to do a lot of hiking, a lot of skiing, just being outdoors. Uh, we recently picked up a property out in Park City, Utah, and that's a place that we really love to visit as often as we can. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. A marathon runner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I am not a cardio guy, but I love that you are. <laughs> so that is awesome, man. And I love that you are in the multifamily space. As you know, I'm trying to get into it myself and also love the coaching space. So we have a lot in common. Why don't you go ahead and tell us tell us a little bit more about your motivation? What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? You know, I think... 
I've, while I'm a coach, I've been coached a lot too. And that's the fun thing about being in the coaching business is you surround yourself with the people with that kind of mindset. And so the coaching that I've received and, and sort of the transformation that I've gone through, especially after having left my corporate job and being full-time as an entrepreneur for the last oh, 13, 14 months now, um, you know, I, I have to do a lot of visioning and a lot of sort of self-awareness reflection. And, and as part of that, I've just really nailed, you know, what what does it look like for me? What what does my future look like? When we say retirement, my definition of retirement is a lot different than probably most. I think most people might say something like, well, I'm going to save this much money and at this age, I'm going to leave my job and then I'm going to sail the world on cruise ships and sit on the beach. And for me, I always want to quote unquote work. I want to have a professional life. I just want to do it on my time. I want to work as much as I want with who I want from where I want. You know, I just want to be able to define that. And, and so Knowing where I want to be and what I want to be doing is really important. And I mentioned being outdoors. To me, my vision includes being out in the Rocky Mountains somewhere and, and spending time with my wife and my family, being outdoors and hiking. And, and my dog is part of our vision. She goes everywhere with us. She, she's been to 11 states already. She's two years old. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She goes on some pretty, pretty serious hikes with us, too. So that's kind of my motivation. That's what drives me is just trying to architect this, this, you know, life by design. How do I how do I get there? How do I put the pieces in place to start living this the way I want to live it? I love it. I love it. So you've been coached a lot. And now you kind of want to turn around give that back to others as well as live life on your terms. Yes, sir. Yep. There we go. There we go. Well, perfect segue into your dreams and goals. What is life on your terms? I know you just talked a little bit about it when it came to hiking with your wife and living life on your terms, but if you want to elaborate on it a little bit, or if you have anything to add, that'd be time. Yeah. And, and that's funny because the term life by design gets thrown around quite a bit, I think. And so I'm, I'm kind of a realist and I decided, you know what, if I'm saying this, if I'm preaching this, I need to prove it to myself. I need to be living it. So why don't I pilot this? Cause it may take a while to fully get there, but let me pilot this a little bit. So back in September of this year, my wife and I took 18 days and we went out to Park City, Utah. And we, we explored some other areas along the way and on our way back and so forth. But as part of that 18 days, it was not a vacation. I wanted to take at least two solid weeks and see if I could live the life that I wanted, you know, by design. So I, I kind of architected my calendar and my mindset. And I said, okay, I'm going to get up at whatever time, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm going to go for a run slash hike with my dog. And we're going to come back. I'm going to take some coaching calls. I'm going to get on a few real estate calls. 
And then by, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, after maybe a little bit of productive work, I'm going to shut it down. My calendar is already blocked out and I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon with my wife. We're going to go outside, do something fun, and then maybe kind of wind down the day with, you know, a couple of local craft beers or a glass of wine and kind of, you know, retire and, and, and start the day over again. And that is like, you know, all my senses, you know, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? And I did that for two solid weeks to prove to myself that I can do it, right? As long as you you are intentional about it, it can be done. And, and two weeks may not seem like a long time, but it was enough to pilot and understand where the hiccups are going to be. And I'm pretty encouraged by it. I love that. I love that. So you already have that really clear picture of like, get up in the morning, kind of go through your normal morning routine, get some productive work in and then shut down for the afternoon around two or three and spend the rest of the day with your wife doing the stuff that you want to do outdoors, chilling, relaxing, whatever it may be. Right. It sounds awesome, right? Somebody could sit there and say, well, you're working, what, five hours a day? Come on, man. You know what? It's productive time. It's it, You have to be disciplined. I'm not like, you know, searching the internet for those five hours being distracted. I'm, I'm working and, and you know, getting my work done. And then I can really focus on the things that, that matter most to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If we're all being honest, I feel like we all have like max five hours good work in us, if that anyway. And so the focus, discipline, effort of like, getting those maximum impact activities and then moving forward with them in a really efficient manner. I think, uh, I think it's really effective. And ultimately when you get up to the high levels, a lot of it is thinking and strategy anyway of like, okay, how are we going to close our next 300 units? You know, it's like, <laughs> so I just think, uh, I think that's a good, good little method you got there. I think another, another thing just to recognize is your your body chemistry you know when is your energy level at the right place for the kind of activity you're going to be doing you know for me i love taking my coaching calls in the morning because i'm i'm sort of free from distraction my head's clear i've just gotten back from a run you know i've been outside and kind of been in nature and it it really helps to just you know bring the right level of energy to those calls and then the tactical sort of left brain analytical work, to me anyway, that's kind of a post-lunch type of thing. I can crunch through spreadsheets and be on calls talking about, you know, KPIs and, and real estate. I can do that in the afternoon. I don't need this sort of inspirational leadership that I have in the morning to those calls. So you got to kind of pay attention to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, what are the top one to do skills? One to two skills. Sorry about that. That are required to make this dream life come to fruition full time for you. For me or for <laughs> somebody else? Uh, for you that you need to develop in your life right now. Okay. Okay. For me, for me in my life. I think part of it is the ability to say no. 
it is extremely difficult, especially, you know, if you're, you're a pleaser and a collaborator, uh, there's always something new, always something that gets out of your calendar, a new event, a new meeting, and a new, you know, person that, you know, wants your time. You have to prioritize and you have to find ways, not necessarily to shut the door and say no, but maybe no, not now, or, you know, can we, can we look at a different way to, to try to get this done? So it's that discipline that I think is really important because um, otherwise your time just gets gobbled up and you are a slave to your calendar. And, you know, I will fully admit, I mean, it happens. I get some of this sort of meeting creep that happens and I, I need to do a better job of protecting my time better. Uh, so that that's number one. I think the other thing is um, hold yourself accountable. You know, and I'm, I'm kind of speaking to myself here, right? Is if I say I'm going to architect this, this life, then follow through, you know, make sure that I'm really doing all these things that, that I kind of plot out. And, and some of it goes to, okay, make sure that, that that time you are spending in work activities is financially beneficial, right? Because they got to be powerful hours in the day. And and that's where real estate comes in is you're not necessarily trading time for dollars, right? So you get that passive, you know, income and, and you're building wealth over time and, you know, trying to minimize the return or, or maximize the return on effort, right? By minimizing the time you spend. That's really a discipline that I think I need to continue to work on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And what are the highest impact daily actions that you can take or do take to tick the needle forward for your dreams and goals right now? As much as it sounds counter to what I described about protecting my time and, and you know, how many hours I might spend on the phone or in a Zoom call, uh, speaking with people, especially new investors or even my existing investors who I'm nurturing and developing deeper relationships with, that's the best use of my time. Yeah. I, mean, I, I had a call this morning with a, a new investor and within 30 minutes, that is a person who wants to invest in my next deal. And when I look at what that's going to do for me financially, I start adding those up. If I continue to have 30 minute calls with people like that, I'm going to be in a really good place. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And it's just sourcing, sourcing the deals, which based on how the market's going, some should be popping up here pretty soon. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, I love that. What character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? Uh, I think I, I mentioned energy. I think that is, that is really key. You got to bring your best energy to the tasks that, that demand it. But I also think that being vulnerable is important too. Right, because you you can't you can't grow unless you allow yourself to open up and and realize that you've got flaws and and areas to improve and and welcome coaching welcome improvement and I I love being coached 
and and I love to coach, but I mean, it, it kind of goes back and forth. I mean, you know, anybody who's been in coaching realizes that as a coach, we're only the expert in the process of coaching, but our client is the expert in their life. And so I can't tell somebody what to do. My job is to try to help them find the answer. And it it's a it's a really powerful process to go through. And I've I've been on both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Being vulnerable. Oh, that's such a good one. Such a good one. <laughs> if there were one or two people that you could meet right now. And this could be a specific person or a type of person. And they'd really help you take the next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would this person be and how would they help you? Man, I don't remember this one in the script. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'll tell you something. I, I Maybe I have just one. Maybe I can come up with a second one. But so I'm, I'm reading a book uh, called Mindset right now. Um, don't ask me the author. I don't have it in front of me. But but. There's a, a chapter in the book that's focused more on um, athletes and sports and, and, you know, who has kind of, you know, this ideal mindset and, and so forth, you know, just the growth mindset. And no shock here. When I say when I say the name Michael Jordan, I think most people would probably say, yeah, he had the growth mindset and he just had he had and has impeccable character and constantly working, you know, like nobody else. And most people don't realize that he actually got cut from the high school basketball team. Yep. He, he did not get into the college he wanted to get into to play basketball for. He actually wanted to go to NC state. Uh, I think most people know he went to the university of North Carolina, but, but he didn't get in NC state. They didn't draft him. You know, the, the first three teams in the NBA that had a shot at him passed on him. I mean, and now we're like, are you kidding me? You know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And and he had so much what most would say is failure. I mean, he, he didn't let that slow him down. Him, his mother actually told him uh, after he got cut from the basketball team, she she said, Go discipline yourself. <laughs> she she didn't need to discipline him. I mean, he he felt awful about it. He he found a way to discipline his his own self. And so it's that kind of character that you know I'm just inspired by. Yeah. And you know if I could meet him, that that would just be you know geek out. There we go. Meeting Michael Jordan. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Are you a fan of Kobe's mindset too? I know he's gone, but don't don't know as much about him, but I I I do respect, you know, everything that he stood for. For sure. For sure. I mean, he got it from Michael or maybe not completely. I don't know if he would say that, but Michael was an idol of his for sure. Um awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving 3. First question is what's your favorite book? movie or podcast pick one of them well it's not too much to talk about with regards to movies because i i had to go see maverick this year (laughs) 
my favorite movies, Top Gun. <laughs> my wife is not a Tom Cruise fan. So my my son, who surprisingly he's in college, he had never seen Top Gun. So we we watched it. And then that afternoon we went straight over to see Maverick. So it was kind of a double whammy. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that aside, that aside, my favorite book is Who Not How. Oh, I love that book. Yeah, I, I mean, so many, so many real world applications. And, you know, and I, I'll tell you just a quick little little story about, you know, making that book real and, and, and not just reading a book and setting it on the shelf, but actually taking action. So as I was reading that book, I had I had one of my annual goals in front of me, which was I wanted to help my son to flip a house this year and be able to buy a car. So so the how he was going to do it was by flipping the house. The goal was to buy a car. And I had thought, you know what, he's gonna be home from college. This is gonna be, you know, a fun summer. We're gonna flip this house together. And then it dawned on me. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm gonna spend all summer flipping a house. I have all this other stuff to do, right? But, you know, I was like, but but we can't, we can't like let that go. I still have the objective. So then I thought, who, not how. How is, I'm going to pull the truck up and bring the tools out and we're going to go knock out a flip this summer, which I'm fully capable to do. I have a background in construction and I've flipped my own houses, but I said, who? So I started putting names down on a piece of paper of everybody I knew that had a flipping business and that's what they did for a living. I started making calls and reach outs. And within two weeks, a partner, a friend of mine reached out and said, I have the perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. I got this house three hours from you. We can structure it in a way where your son can basically you know, be like the project manager. You can track the invoices and the budget. And you guys want to come out on site, do a little sweat equity. But, you know, I don't need you to. I got all the contractors. And and so we brought some capital to the deal. And you know what? We got it done. So great way to get it done without me doing all the how. I love that. Yeah, who not how, man? That is it's such a powerful book, such a powerful concept. And... Ultimately, when you think about living your dream life, it's like that five hours you can only spend on really intense revenue generating activity because you've implemented who not how to take care of the secretarial tasks or the management tasks or the whatever tasks you have to do, whether it be an assistant or entry level employee or five employees or maybe just some partners you have in the business. Like you raise the capital, they find the deal type of like it's all just. Who not how is like the foundation of business. Like you just need people to succeed. It it's powerful, but I I will fully admit I'm not I'm not perfect at it. There's still plenty of things that I do to to start my business, grow my business that I could delegate for one reason or another. I'm not all the way there yet, but that that book does remind me though that I could leverage so much more if I just let some of that stuff go and, and really think about the people around me that that could just do it better, faster, you know, without me needing to be involved. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, nobody's perfect at it, right? Like I feel like that's the journey of an entrepreneur, at least 
from Alex Hormozzi's perspective, who I'm a huge fan of. He talks a lot about like when you're first starting in the game, you get really focused on increasing your income, increasing your value, increasing your skills so that you can make more money, make more money, make more money. But then when you get to a certain level, you realize that the only thing that's going to move you forward is having the right people in place and having the right systems in place to make you money. And that's when you start to become like a business owner and think like Warren Buffett and stuff like that. And I'm like, I may not be quite there yet because paying somebody a full salary would be really expensive for me right now. But who not how listening to successful people, it's always like on my poster board. So I feel you with yeah. the growing towards it. Nice. I love it. I love it. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Well, I share a little bit about the running and by no means am I some elite athlete. I mean, I, I run mostly for the, the mental part of it, you know, just to be able to clear my head and, you know, maybe occasionally solve the world's problems out on a, on a <laughs> but you know, and I, I mentioned my dog. I, I love to run with my dog. Um, there's, there's something about looking over and seeing her with her tongue hanging out and the wind is blowing through her, her hair and her ears and, and just seeing how excited she is for just, you know, a 45 minute or an hour run. I'm just like, man, this is the most impactful part of my day. It's it's just really kind of sets the right energy level for me. I love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Michael Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, holding me accountable. Well, I haven't taken any steps to meet Michael Jordan, but... Uh, steps to kind of move me forward in sort of that capacity and think about, you know, his mindset and so forth. Um, I do commit to daily actions. So things like, like I mentioned, I'm reading the book Mindset right now. I try to set aside 30 minutes a day to read. On the weekends, I try to set an hour aside on, on each day. It's not a lot of time, but, you know, I just try to nip away at something because I, I try to read a book a month and I'm not a very fast reader, but if I can do a book a month, that's 12 books a year. It's a lot of knowledge, you know, to accumulate, you know, in, in one sort of capacity, right. And then I listen to podcasts and, you know, just try to do whatever I can to, to stay, you know, educated and, and speaking to people learning from everybody you know, it's just part of my growth is is just to to realize that you you can't stop learning. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And those daily actions, the learning compounds, right? Twelve books this year, twelve books next year, twelve books the year after that. Now is then you're at thirty-six books. And if you applied knowledge from those books and the knowledge from the podcast, your life may be ten X, a hundred X what you thought it could be, right? So um I love that. Love it. And now we're going to jump into our final series of questions. And I did not send these beforehand at all. I know I didn't send some of the other ones beforehand, but these are like, they get a, get a little bit personal. And if you don't want to answer them, like just feel free to be like, I'm not going to answer that. I want to pass because I didn't send these at all. They get personal, etc. So first one is what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life? If any, 
I'm not going to say that, that I'm striving for any sort of perfection. In fact, I, I live kind of with an agile mindset where I try to do something, get it out there, kind of, you know, minimal viable product and then improve it over time. But I do feel like maybe a limiting belief is I have to get a number of things right before I'm willing to share them. So I don't know, maybe it's a little bit counter to the MVP way of, of thinking, but I, I take on a lot and, and, you know, that kind of fills my days. And, and so I really have to prioritize. And unfortunately we, we only have the same 24 hours in a day. So that's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a long way around your, your, your question, but I, I think it's this contrast you know, of, of trying to do just enough to get it out there and then have, have something to build on, but yet doing enough that you feel comfortable and confident that you've got something that's, that's worthwhile to build. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that it's definitely a tension that a lot of people feel just curious for you. Where does that um, need to get a number of things right before you share it? Where does that need come from or that belief? Um, it being truthfully honest here, I think, uh, and, and it's funny because I've gone through some coaching on this. I think that growing up and um, started with my parents that like my dad would be disappointed if I ever came home with anything less than straight A's. And whether that was true or my perception, I mean, perception is the truth sometimes, right? So I always felt like, if I didn't have straight A's, you know, you're not putting your report card on a refrigerator. <laughs> you yeah. remember those days? I'm dating myself a little, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we used to do. And so, so striving for excellence was always just something that I had to do. And I think, you know, it started that early. Mm. I gotcha. I gotcha. Do you have any actions? And I guess for you, it might be something that you are not doing right now because you're waiting for it to get to the point where you feel like it's good enough to share. Do you have any actions that um, may happen daily, weekly, monthly, annually, once a year, twice a year, whatever it may be, that reinforce this belief that you need to get a number of things right before you share those things? Mm, I don't know if I'm going to answer your question directly here, but I, I am a big planner and it was always something I did as part of my career in corporate America was I would help people with project management or their annual planning process and, and, you know, the C-suite. So by definition, I've always been a planner. Well, I've always done that in my personal life. I have, I have my own annual planning session for my companies. I then take that, down and I, I break it into monthly goals. Every month, I replan the next month's goals. Every week, I go back and look at those monthly goals and make sure that I have things in my week that are going to move me forward on my monthly goals. Every day, I start the day by going back to my weekly goals and making sure that things in my, my daily plan are moving me forward to my weekly goals. So, I'm constantly in this churn of 
making sure that the things that I'm working on every day are deliberate and goal oriented and moving the needle on something that adds up to bigger goals. So I, I don't know. It's just kind of a, a lifestyle that I've been a part of for gosh, a long time. <laughs> I'll say it that way. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how many years. I got you. It's a strange dichotomy here because this actually came up with a podcast I did. Um, I think last week or maybe two weeks ago, it was, it was very healthy behavior. Like I would say planning for your future is a healthy behavior. And then there's something that only the person themselves can know. Cause I think there is an action and then behind that action, there's a feeling behind that feeling. There's a thought behind that thought. There's a belief and all of the feelings, thoughts, and beliefs are kind of invisible and they could either be feelings, thoughts, and beliefs that are away from fear or away from your limiting belief, or they could be towards your abundant self and the action can look the same, which I, which is where I think a lot of the inner work comes in because you could be planning because you're running from something, or you could be planning because you're running towards something. And that's why I really like asking um, this question because it shines light on that intention. But Yeah. I don't know. It, it's a good, good perspective. I don't really know the answer, you know, without going deeper, but. Oh yeah, for sure. But I, 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 I like to think that, you know, sometimes I, I look at, I look at my goals. Okay. I have 10 goals, professional goals mostly, but I, I look at them and for the most part, I, I pretty much had them done, you know, by like September. And so then you kind of look at that and say, did I not stretch myself? Did I not push, you know, to something bigger, think bigger, right? So now it just makes me think, not that I have to have more, but I think that um, it's a different way to look at goals. I'm, I'm really encouraged when I do my, my sort of annual planning for, for my next set of goals for 2023, they're going to be way more powerful. That, that's all I got to say. It, they're not necessarily going to be bigger or better, faster. They're going to be way more powerful, way more impactful. Mm. I love that. I love that. That shows growth, right? That shows growth. Well, awesome. If you were to change that limiting belief, that need to get a number of things right before you share them, to an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? Oh man, <laughs> you got some questions. Yeah, what happened to Tom Cruise? Top Gun. <laughs> okay, all right. I may need you to repeat that one. All right. If you were to change the limiting belief we talked about, the need yeah. to get a number of things right before you share them, into yeah. an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? Uh. Okay, well, let's see. Maybe something like uh, have have the courage to share um, to share your work vulnerably and openly, accepting feedback to improve. Totally making this up on the fly here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, hmm. 
Do you mind if I prod a little bit? <laughs> I don't sure. have to. I don't, we can we can move on. We can move on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, one coach to another here. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so when you say have the courage to share your work vulnerably, do you feel like that is a fully abundant phrase? I feel like it's kind of implying that you don't have the courage. Does that make sense? Um, maybe not. Maybe I'm tripping. Well, uh, I don't know that I would change the phrase because I'm, I'm maybe I'm a little challenged with how to phrase it the right way. But but I think real maybe where you're going with this is so we all feel judged sometimes, maybe more than others, uh, and and so I I have this this part of me that wants to produce something of great quality and this pursuit of excellence. And so I'm, I'm working my butt off and I want to, to be some, have something there that I'm proud of. And I'm very happy to accept feedback, to realize it's not perfect, to make improvements, to make it better and so forth. But I also need to make sure for my own self that it's, it's got enough merit to be a starting point to, to, you know, share and, and, and be critiqued. And so maybe, maybe that's a limiting belief or, or something to kind of get past, but um, it, it's not, like I said, it's not that I have to have perfection, whether it's day one or ever, but just that, you know, Nobody wants to deliver crap, right? You, oh, yeah. you got to have something that you're proud of. And so I just make sure I work my butt off until I'm at least uh, satisfied enough and, and realize, okay, now it's time to get it out there. And trust me, I'm not I'm not the kind of person who, um, as my mom likes to say, lets any grass grow under my feet. I, I, I'm constantly putting stuff out and, you know, making it better over time. But... That just means I, I have to shorten those cycles. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Speaking, shortening those cycles, when the limiting beliefs start to take over, what are the thoughts or actions that you resort to in order to take back control, regear your mind towards abundance, towards getting to where you need to be? Um, man, I could answer that in a lot of different ways. I, I think some of that is kind of centering, right? I mean, it, it's it's kind of going back to, you know, why am I doing all of this? And what is it what is it leading me to? Um, I could go, you know, work to acquire another multifamily asset or or I can start a new business. I mean, I can do all of these things, but, you know, it's always it has to be a, a means to an end sort of thing, right, that eventually I want to simplify life and not make it more robust per se. I mean, having five businesses can be a tad overwhelming. And especially if the counter to that is I'm trying to architect this, this life where, you know, it's, it's really impactful time. So I just have to be smarter about how I do it. There we go. There we go. I love it. Last question for you. No more on limiting beliefs. Totally moving on. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. 
So I want to frame this next question. Alex Hormozzi said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. And I think the purpose behind that was to get at the point that in each instance, you're influencing, but one is kind of selfish, like you want somebody to do something for you. And the other is like, somebody has expressed a desire that they want, and you want them to do it for them, if that makes sense. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I actually found out from Dr. Alan Leica, who was a guest on the show, that you can make a drink. You just have to salt its oats. Now, I want you to think of a person with a really fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, but they hate their life. They're not content where they are. How can we, you and I, create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life? So, okay, I have a person that probably it would be a good example. Um, I think part of it is, you know, we, many of us, I don't want to generalize too much here, but many of us have something that, that we feel a need to control and hang on to and, you know, whether it's make it our own or, or, you know, we just, it's our baby. We can't let it go. I think to some degree, I could say that about myself, but I, I have somebody who, who has a very fixed mindset that, that is very controlling and can't seem to, to consider that there are other very strong, capable people that they work with that can do it better, faster, cheaper. And that's probably going to limit them in their growth. So I don't know the best way right now without going real deep here on how to get them to see that, but possibly, you know, through some discussions and, and kind of approaching it in a very vulnerable way, you know, where, where it's not judgmental and, they may start to see that there's some real tasty water out there, you know, but uh, they they have to be willing to, you know, give it a sip. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. We can set up the environment. We can salt our oats, but ultimately we cannot shove that water down their throat. They have to drink it themselves. They have to be willing to drink it. Um, so yeah, we just got to hope that they want it at their core. Well, awesome. Tony. Thanks so much, man. That's all we got for you. Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? No, man, this is, uh, this is great. I, I appreciate you putting me on the hot seat. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff, you know, and I think for, for your listeners, you know, these are tough questions, right? But, but you're a coach, I'm a coach. And, you know, I think that's an opportunity for you to be in a focus session where you're really kind of working through some of this stuff and, you know, whether it's a challenge or whether it's a, a goal that you have. And, you know, I, I found it very useful for me. I've, my, my coaches, I mean, we, we go pretty deep on some stuff and they, they hold me accountable. They challenge me and it's made such a difference. So I think anybody who is interested in at least uh, considering it, they should reach out to you. They should reach out to myself. 
him do a little discovery and kind of see where it takes him. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you guys like these questions, if they make you think about your life, this is just the surface. Like you go so much deeper with a coach. We cannot do that all in a 60 minute podcast. If you like what Tony had to say, if you love the kind of guy he is, make sure to hit him up, make sure to get some coaching from Tony. He will change your life. I promise you, because look at his, it's awesome. And it's getting awesome. Mer. I don't think that's a word, but <laughs> it's getting more awesome. So, um, yeah, all the ways to contact Tony will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you on the next show. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.